Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. There are a bunch of teams today that are hoping to search for greatness indeed as we return in the NCAA tournament to the Sweet 16. Four games going on tonight. We'll break down all those games for you. Uh, And they start about uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, fairly early Loyola of Chicago going up against Nevada, which I guarantee you that none of you had in your brackets. Texas A&M going up against Michigan, Kansas State, Kentucky, and Florida State, Gonzaga. All of those games, five and a half points or less spreads. We'll break down all of them and say who we think is going to be able to advance from all four of these games that begin again tonight in about 12 hours. Loyola of Chicago going up against Nevada, kicking off at, uh, at tipping off at 6 Eastern. So, or sorry, 6 Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. So if you are out there uh, paying attention to the Sweet 16, all of these games will be a lot of fun to watch. We also had last night maybe an Eastern Conference Finals preview. I broke my don't watch the NBA in the regular season rule and set and watched most of the second half of LeBron and the Cavs taking on the Raptors. And the question there remains, does the NBA regular season matter at all? We've had so many twists and turns. There's about 10 games left, and it does appear that the Raptors are a pretty solid team and that the Cavs maybe most likely would meet the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Did last night's game mean anything at all? We don't know for sure. The other big story I would say that is out there is Sam Darnold yesterday had his pro day. Jimmy Haslam was there with his big notepad and he hung out with the Darnold family. I've got my idea on what I think the top three looks like in the NFL draft right now. I I, I sat around and looked at this and this is assuming that the Buffalo Bills aren't going to trade up 
and that the Browns aren't trying to just uh, presume that they're going to take Sam Darnold to try to entice somebody else to come up to the top of the draft board. I believe the top three in the NFL draft, as we're about a little over a month out uh, from the official NFL draft, the NFL draft is going to be in Dallas at the end of April. I think the top three is going to look like this. The more I think about it, the more I believe the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold number one overall. Then I think the Giants, assuming they keep that pick and aren't able to trade back, are going to take Saquon Barkley at two. And then I feel like at three, having now traded up, the Jets are going to take Josh Allen. So I think that's going to be the top three picks overall. I'm not really that confident beyond the top three, but I feel like that's the way we're setting up right now. Now, I also think that the Giants are going to ultimately get some offers from teams like particularly the Bills, who may be interested in moving up to two if they feel like Sam Darnold is going number one overall. Uh, I I think Baker Mayfield may be a decent chance that the uh, – I I just don't know. I mean, that the Broncos might be interested in him uh, as we move down the list. Certainly the Bills are going to have to take a quarterback because I don't think they're going to stick – with A.J. McCarron and with uh, Peterman as their guys going forward. I don't think they're going to start one of those two guys as their quarterback. Could I be wrong? Certainly. But I think they're going to have to make a play and get a quarterback early in the top of the draft as well. But I would say those are all three the biggest stories that are out there right now. Um, And in particular, let me dive into all three right now a little bit more as we move uh, into the start of Thursday. We go back to the Sweet 16. Um, when I look at these four games, I'm going to go ahead and give you my picks early. I think that Loyola of Chicago is going to beat Nevada because I think this sister Jean, as I told you, sold her soul to the devil. Loyola of Chicago has made two different last-second buckets to beat two major conference teams in Miami and Tennessee. I think that they are defensively good enough to slow down Nevada. I think Loyola of Chicago is going to advance. I think that this Texas A&M-Michigan game is utterly fascinating to me because Michigan did not play well against Montana. They were very highly fortunate to find a way to beat Houston. I'm sorry, Houston fans, to have to keep reminding you. Uh, Texas A&M, on the other hand, has been was flawless, essentially, against UNC. And I think they have a pretty good chance of beating Michigan A&M reminds me a lot of last year's South Carolina team, which I believe was also a seven seed, upset a two seed in Duke in, uh, in, I believe, Greenville, South Carolina last year, and then rolled that momentum into the Final Four. So I, I'm cautiously uh, of the belief that A&M may really pull off that upset. So I think I would take A&M in this game. But before the tournament started, I picked Michigan, so uh, with all this time to prep and everything else and the way they're coming off that huge victory, I think Michigan and A&M is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I also think Kansas State against Kentucky. Look, Kentucky has gotten a really great draw to advance to the Sweet 16. But remember Kentucky lost 10 games in the regular season. I'm not convinced, even though I'm betting on them t- t- tonight, I'm not convinced that Kentucky is actually as good as we think Kentucky may be. If you run through the Wildcats' hot streak down the stretch, the only really good team they've beaten, I think, is Tennessee to win the SEC uh, tournament. 
because they got a pretty good draw uh, in the SEC tournament. They got to beat uh, Alabama, and then they got to beat, man, who was the other team? I can't even remember now. No, Georgia, I think, right? Georgia and then Alabama to advance to play Tennessee. Neither Georgia nor Alabama were that good or that consistent. And then so far in the NCAA tournament, they beat Davidson and they beat Buffalo. Uh, so I think that game's going to end up being pretty close. Uh, and while I think Kentucky is going to advance to the Final Four, I do think Kansas State is going to be able to give them a competitive game. And then finally, Florida State-Gonzaga. I, I don't have a strong lean in this one. Uh, Florida State has played very, very well um, so far in the tournament. They blew out Missouri, and then they pulled off a big upset over Xavier. Meanwhile, the Zags, uh, look, I mean, I think they're under the radar. I think they're under the radar. I think they're playing a little bit with house money given the fact that they advanced to the NCAA title game last year. Um, And I know they lost that game, but I feel like they finally quenched that uh, can they get to the Final Four desire. And uh, frankly, I think in that bracket that the Zags probably should be the favorite to advance to the Final Four. So that's the four games that are going on tonight if you break them down. I believe I would go with, uh, gambling-wise, Loyola of Chicago, Texas A&M. I would go with probably Kansas State plus five, although I think Kentucky will win. And then uh, I think I would take the Zags uh, at uh, five-and-a-half-point favorites, which is the biggest line of the Sweet 16 games. But all four of those should be very intriguing to watch. And obviously we will uh, break those down uh, tomorrow morning to start the show and also get you ready for the other four games that are taking place on Friday. Um, The other two big stories. Like I said, I watched the Cavs last night. Um, I'm not big on the idea that you can watch regular season NBA games and somehow intuit what's going to happen when the playoffs actually arise because I think the NBA regular season, by and large, is worthless. But I do think that Kevin Love being back is making the Cavs better. Now, it's funny because the Cavs, there's always an excuse, right? Every time the Cavs start to lose any games at all, there's always an excuse. And Kevin Love seems to be the guy who gets the blame. Oh, the reason why the Cavs aren't playing very well is because of Kevin Love. Now that he's back, suddenly Kevin Love has become the savior of this Cavs team. I think the reality is this. The Cavs are just an okay team. And the Eastern Conference, uh, the Celtics are stumbling. The Raptors, maybe not ready. We'll see. I think they're, if they're going to beat the Cavs, I think it's going to take a six or a seven-game series. And this would have been big if the Raptors had been able to win this uh, this road game in Cleveland. But I'm not sure that there's any sort of long-lasting impact that you can draw from this game. I mean, the, the Vegas is telling us that the Cavs are a big favorite to win the Eastern Conference. But Vegas is also telling us that the Cavs are 8-1 to one to win the title. That's pretty big odds that they're not going to do it. The Warriors and the Rockets both are prohibitive favorites now with the Warriors in particular. Uh, this substantial favorite. So Vegas is telling us that the Eastern Conference really doesn't have a legitimate contender, even though they may be sending a team uh, to the uh, the NBA Finals, obviously. And then the other story that's out there is Sam Darnold. Having his pro day, it rained in L.A. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, my guy Matt Leinert was there. He said that uh, that Darnold was basically flawless. I thought it was intriguing that Jimmy Haslam was there and also that Jimmy Haslam was there, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, and that he was comfortable being photographed hanging out with the parents of Sam Darnold. I just don't remember this happening very many times. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe owners are regularly showing up at pro days and publicly 
sitting in the bleachers during that pro day with the parents of a potential overall number one draft pick. But that seems a little bit strange to me. Either you're trying to send the message of, hey, everybody, bright, shining light, we're going to take Sam Darnold in an effort to try to get people to trade up to take uh, your number one overall pick because they want to get Sam Darnold, or you're not even pretending that you're going to draft anybody else. Uh, The Browns, I think, if I were betting right now, are going to take Sam Darnold number one overall. That would be my prediction. And what the Browns, I would imagine, would hope, frankly, is that they get to take Sam Darnold number one overall, that the Giants would trade out of that two spot and drop back and bring up another team that wants to draft a quarterback and that the Browns could add Sam Darnold and then also at number four get Saquon Barkley and get maybe the best player and the most reliable player in the draft and then also get the best quarterback and hope that that in the backfield could make a big difference for their team going forward. I think that would be the ideal version. Are the Giants going to trade out? Do they believe in Eli? Saquon Barkley a difference maker for them? I think if the Giants stay at two, they will take Saquon Barkley. And as I said, I think at three, if I'm betting right now, trying to slot in where all these guys are going to go, I think at three that the expectation now would have to be that the Jets are going to take a quarterback as well, obviously. And I think the quarterback they would take would be Josh Allen. Could I be wrong? Certainly. It's the NFL draft. You can be wrong about everything. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Start with the most important and pressing question of the day, Jeff. Who you got in a boxing match, 12 rounds, (laughs) Trump versus Biden. For all of you out there who are just waking up and haven't seen already the way the day has begun, uh, let me go ahead and put people in uh, in context. I say all the time, one of the few people who is up early in the morning with us when we start the show when I'm going through like social media is Donald Trump. And uh, yesterday, Joe Biden said he would have beaten up Donald Trump if they had gone to high school together. Today, Donald Trump fires back crazy Joe Biden trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. We have the poll question up. 5,000 of you have voted so far. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis and vote yourself. And I said, leaving aside your personal politics and pretend you're gambling on it, who wins a boxing match, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? 62% of people are going with Trump. What say you, Jeff Shorts? Oh, I'm fading the public on that one. Are you kidding me? Um, I there's no uh, Biden. I mean, Biden would win that. The, the funny part about this whole thing, first of all, is like the the tweet. It just it sounds so juvenile. It's so funny. Like it, it, <laughs> he's so weak mentally and physically. Like just the insults are just so childish, and it's so funny to wake up and see that. And I tweeted it too. I think that would be the highest selling pay per view in history if Joe Biden and Donald Trump go. Do in a fight. you think? All right. I my argument is actually I would for our country's sake I think it would be better if we had a boxing match to decide the presidency between Joe Biden as the Democrat and Donald Trump as the Republican <laughs> than an actual presidential election. I think that's where we are as a country that people would be like more willing to accept the outcome of a boxing match between the two than they would an actual election. I think 90% of the country accepts the election the way it is. It's the 10% of social media that don't. Yeah, that might be true, but I also think at least then everybody sees it. There's no need to sit around and argue about politics all during, you know, for well, eight months. True. And you just have but, the two guys show up and fight. 
But you're gonna. I mean, how how many rounds would would a 75 year old man last? I think one of them would die. I think I'm not kidding. I, I think, think one so of too. them would collapse and die. But I think <laughs> then we would know who the president was going to be because it would be the person who didn't die. Uh, just like the duel back in the day, just whoever survived the duel is our new president. Yes. Um, it would be. I'll tell you what. They make whoever hosted that would make a lot of money if Showtime or HBO or one of those or Netflix and maybe Amazon will get in on the action. Um, I would bet money on Biden. My betting record this year hasn't been very good, so I'm not sure you want to take my advice, but um, I would put money on Biden. I would 100%. I've never bought a pay-per-view before. I, in college, You've never bought, bought a UFC before. or anything? No. In college, we bought some, but look, I, I go to bed at like 10. I'm not staying up till 11.55 to watch right. the start of a boxing match. Um, I will buy this pay-per-view, though. I will stay up and watch this fight. Um, it would be fantastic, and I just think it's just we're at a point now where the president is physically threatening. Look, Joe Biden's a citizen. He can do say whatever he wants, right? Um, but I think we, it's, it's we're at a point now where the president is is is, um, is threatening. I would see. I would defend. I would defend Trump here because Joe Biden said that he would have beat him, beat him up. So, like Joe Biden is the right. one who now is said. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of people say things about the president. Like, you don't have to answer everything anyone says about. Oh you. yeah, but I mean, but Trump is theoretically <laughs> potentially going to run against Joe Biden. I mean, I'm not surprised that Trump eventually decided to respond here. Uh, is all Joe right, going to be a Democratic? Is Joe going to be a Democrat nominee? I think really? he's I think he's too old. I mean, he's 75 he's already. Too old. He's you can't too elect old. you can't elect somebody. I don't think to serve four years if they're 77 years old. You cannot. I'm, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. Uh, regard, I mean, I'm I'm not that comfortable to be honest with having a president who's over seventy years old. I mean, I just think about you know the amount of physical toll that being president ha- takes on anybody. I mean, look at like Obama, what he looked yeah. like when he went into office, and what he looked like eight years later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah. looked a lot older. His wife didn't age, uh, and he looks a lot older eight years later. I think the physical stress and mental stress of being president is such that I don't think there are that many people in their seventies who are capable of doing that job for four or eight years. That's just my personal opinion. I think you need a guy who's in his 40s or 50s or a girl for all the people out there like, here's access. No, you could elect a girl too, but she needs to be in her 40s or 50s too. I wasn't that comfortable with Hillary being over 70 and being president either. Um, But uh, now I guess maybe one of the positives of electing a guy over 70 is they're less likely to have an affair in the Oval Office. You get a guy in his 40s, there's no telling what he's going to get into. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's go to, first of all, you got killed over the weekend gambling on the NCAA tournament. So did I. Oh there God. were some brutal beats, in, especially I felt like on Sunday. Well, I had, let's see, I had Purdue minus four, and then Seen Hall, um, uh, they play Seen Hall, uh, no, no, Purdue played uh, Butler, and then Butler scored like a, like a layup that meant nothing to end the game. I lost I that one. Seen, I, I did have Seen Hall, though, and they hit that three. I, I, had, I had Kansas, so I lost that one. I mean, literally, I lost every game that came down to the wire with a late basket. I lost I, uh, the over-under yeah. on UNC and Texas A&M by a half point. I lost – I mean, it's one of the worst <laughs> series of beats that I've ever seen. I, I lost four – I lost five total bets by – a half point. So if I bet like um, I took Kansas City for the first half minus five and a half. I, mean, I thought that was a lock. I thought UMBC would get blown up. Look, UMBC didn't play very well. Kansas State didn't either. But so I lost that. They won by they won the first half by five. Um, I took Florida State to win the game. I also took them. I think for the first half they lost by half a point. Um, you know, just like 
But I took I took Loyola Chicago straight up money line. That was good. But it's been a it was brutal, man. The, the public won again most of the bets. Um, and now I write for a website that gambles too. So I better get my I better get my my mind. So right. who do you like tonight? Who's even playing? I haven't even focused on who's playing. Yeah, Loyola Chicago plays Nevada. The four the four Sweet Sixteen games tonight uh, for people out there who are getting ready, and they obviously tip off at seven Eastern tonight. Um, if you are uh, if you're following the NCAA tournament, you've got Loyola Chicago against Nevada. Nevada's a one point favorite. You got Texas A and M against Michigan. Michigan's a two and a half point favorite. Kentucky against Kansas State. Kentucky right at a five point favorite. And Florida State against Gonzaga. The Zags are a five and a half point favorite. So, so those are the four my, games my going favorite, on tonight. My favorite of those because I saw this stuff earlier in the week is Kentucky. Calipari is six to zero against the spread as Kentucky's head coach in the Sweet Sixteen. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's a good. So I like. I'm going to take that one. Um, I'm probably going to take Loyola Chicago again. I've picked. I picked them twice already so far. Uh, Nevada's had to come back now in two separate games uh, to win. You know, to come back from 22 points and, and Cincinnati choked that game away. So I'll probably take Loyola Chicago. You know, I might not bet every game. I kind of have to see how it works out. But the way I've been going, I need to just choose like two and, and ride with it and hope <laughs> I win those two games. <laughs> Uh, we were talking earlier in the show, um, in hour one, obviously Sam Darnold had his pro day yesterday. Um, and, uh, Jimmy Haslam was there sitting with the parents in the stand. So I wanted to start with that. Can you ever remember seeing an owner hanging out with parents of a potential draft pick? Publicly like that. This is the same owner, by the way. He said he drafted Johnny Manziel because a homeless guy said to draft him. Look, that might be a joke and it probably was. Who even who even says that? Like it's not that's not funny for an organization that hasn't had a quarterback in twenty years. I don't understand what he's doing. Um, he should not be look. The owner should have a say a little bit in who the quarterback is, and that's I think the owner should have a say, uh, especially if it's a top quarterback. More on the character side, he should not be evaluating football. Um, yeah, he had a notepad the, that he was writing right, he things on, to, which is really not, funny. He does not need to be taking notes. He has John Dorsey there, who's the GM, who's a trusted general manager in the NFL, who built the Chiefs. He was with the, the, the Packers as well. Let him make the football decisions. If you want to get to know Sam Darnold, the guy, then maybe talk to his parents, I guess, or you know, you'll have him in for a, a visit eventually in Cleveland. But I thought it was very odd that he was there, um, especially in the rain, too, and talking to his parents. I mean, look, his parents will talk to him, of course. They'll try, try to sell their son and get drafted number one. But... Um, I just thought it was odd because look, you're not going to really interact with his parents once he becomes your your uh, your quarterback. I mean, yeah, you'll see him, but I just thought it was very odd. It's a weird look. I don't know if any other owner has gone to a pro day or will, will attend a pro day. Um, maybe he was in Los Angeles already. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the need for him to get involved in this decision because that, that's been the problem, right? The problem has been ownership's been meddling and stuff that happens with the Browns. You see the best organizations in the in the NFL. Their owners don't meddle in what happens in day-to-day activities. And we even saw last year, you know, reports of, of Kraft kind of finally intervening a little bit and maybe what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo and things like that. And look, it, it creates a toxic work environment when you have people that work on this 24-7 and the owner just pops down from the owner's suite and says, hey, can you make this football decision for me? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a strange thing. Having said that, we ran through a long list of USC quarterbacks who have ended up being – not as good as people would have hoped when they actually yep. got to the NFL. Whether it's uh, obviously Carson Palmer, probably the most successful SC quarterback over the past 25 years. Uh, uh, Sanchez, uh, Matt Leinart, um, Matt Barkley, Barkley 
uh, Cody Kessler, even if the guys aren't that highly projected. You can go all the way back to Rodney Pete. You could include, I mean, there's so many different SC guys, obviously Todd Marinovich, that you can go through over the last 25 years that have not panned out once they got to the NFL. Is it fair to ask the question, are SC quarterbacks overrated? And in particular, the question I'm asking is, what if Sam Darnold played at Arizona State? Would he be the number one overall pick then? It's a good question. Um, probably not, quite honestly. I mean, I think you know, the notoriety you get at USC as a young football player obviously helps you and puts you on the radar. Um, and, you know, if you look at his games last year, because Mel Kuyper was spouting off yesterday about some nonsense about Josh Allen and, and Darnold being the same. Josh Allen's not close to being the same class as Sam Darnold is. And, and he's talking about, you know, if he, how do he, he play well, how do he play in, in big games. Sam Darnold was fine. But I do think that playing at USC, especially when you're younger, does draw more attention to the eyeballs. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it is fair to question, you know, whether quarterbacks from USC are successful. Wide receivers definitely have not been. Um, but do you not draft him because of that? Do you draft Josh Rosen because Troy Aikman came out of UCLA and he was good? I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a silly reason to draft a quarterback. I think you draft him based off of talent. I don't know why USC quarterbacks have gone to the NFL and not succeeded. Um, you know, Oregon had that same problem too. Joey Harrington, Achille Smith. What did then you not draft Marcus Mariota because Joey Harrington was a failure in the NFL? I think it's kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the challenge. My my question would be, I don't think that those other schools that they get the 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 bonus. Like, I think Joey Harrington and Achille Smith and Marcus Mariota got a lot of attention because they played really well at the college level, not because they went to Oregon. Whereas I think there is a bonus that you get for being the USC quarterback because of the cachet and renown and glitz and glamour associated with playing football at SC. Now, having said that, I mean, my favorite stat about the draft, and it's going to extend for another year this year, is that the entire Big Ten conference, you want to win a, you want to win a bar bet. You know this one, too. This is amazing, amazing trivia question. Yeah, if you want to win a bar bet, nobody's going to believe you this weekend if you break this out when you're sitting around watching the NCAA tournament games. Ask your buddies the last first-round quarterback to come from the Big Ten and or say, hey, I bet you the Big Ten hasn't even had a first-round quarterback drafted since 1995. Because the truth is that. The Big Ten as an entire conference has not had a first-round quarterback drafted since Kerry Collins out of Penn State in 1995. Think about how unbelievable that stat is. Now, they've had people out there like, yeah, but we've had good – yes, you've got Tom Brady. If you want to count Russell Wilson, uh, he went to Wisconsin for a year. Then maybe that's a little bit fair. You certainly have got Drew Brees. you got Kirk Cousins. There's a bunch of guys who have played in the Big Ten and gone on to have success in the NFL, but none of them have been drafted in the first round since all the way back to 1995, which is pretty freaking unbelievable. And there's no one this year. I can't even with JT Barrett. Well, he won't get drafted high. I mean, he won't get drafted until what the fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe. Um, it's pretty remarkable to have a conference that succeeded that that well and. Not having, you know, Hornybrook, the quarterback for Wisconsin, completes like 75% of passes, too. He's a very efficient passer, but he doesn't, he's not any good. So, yeah, I mean, to win football games, I mean, look at Alabama, right? They've won so many football games, so many championships, have not had a pro quarterback, really, until maybe Tua. I mean, Tua might be the first one. Well, A.J. McCarron. 
Yeah, but he didn't get drafted high. He was a fifth round draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, and he obviously hasn't proven how good he's going to be. We'll see with the Bills whether or not he's a starting quarterback there. But eight, no, eight, I mean, it's not just Alabama. It's in Nick Saban's history as a head football coach, the best quarterback he's ever had is AJ McCarron. It, that's one of the most amazing things about Nick Saban's dominance. It's not just that he's dominated, but he's done it without a quarterback. Jeff Schwartz, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Uh, that is Jeff Shorts. Go follow him on Twitter at Jeff Shorts. I'm Clay Travis. What's the worst way to die? I might have just found it. I'll tell you about it next. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.